Hello, podcasters. This is episode three of the Signpost podcast. This is the podcast where we're helping you navigate the world through a Christian perspective with biblical answers. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about did God create the universe? So let's go ahead and get started. My name is Corey Bohan. I'm a member and a deacon of First Baptist Spartanburg. And as always, I'm joined by Todd Williams. He is a minister to college and young adults at First Baptist Church in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Hey, Todd, how are you doing? Doing well, Corey. How are you? I'm doing good. Hey, I'm excited. Tell me about this deacon thing. Yeah, so uh, this past Sunday, I had my ordination as a deacon for the very first time as a deacon of First Baptist Spartanburg. I'm excited to be serving our church in this new leadership role, and I just can't wait to get started here in October um, as a deacon. Yeah, that's awesome. And for those of you that are not certain what a deacon does, deacons are called by God to serve the church. We see that early on in the book of Acts with one of the first chosen, Stephen. Um, We know he's one of the first martyred as well, but um, in Relation to the church, deacons serve the church body, and they play a vital role in the health of the church um, and in the service of the church, not only to the church body, but also to the community. So Deacon Corey, what you got for us today? Yeah, Todd. So today we're going to be talking about, did God create the universe? Yeah, so today's question, did God really create the universe, is a question that's been asked from the beginning of mankind, right? Um, Wharton and Robert write in their book, Understanding Creation, all nations and cultures share a common quest to understand where they came from. For this reason, each culture has forged its own creation myth to explain the origin of the universe, earth, and the human race. Records preserved from ancient times testified to the central role questions of origins play in establishing the identity and the religious heritage of every nation. And the fact that we're still asking this question today is clear that there is no consensus on this issue. My goal and our goal um, with every podcast is to simply share with you what we wholeheartedly believe. And in this case, what we wholeheartedly believe is absolutely proof that the God of the Bible created this world with everything in it and created you and I, each one of us, on purpose for a purpose. And so just for reference to kind of set the stage, I'm a young earth creationist. Uh, I believe what scripture says is literal uh, with the literal seven days. Um, And then we can use the genealogies and scripture to um, date the earth somewhere between six and 10,000 years, depending on uh, it kind of leaves room for those missing uh, family members in the genealogy. Um, But I contend that the Pentateuch, uh, the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, or the Jewish faith knows as the Torah, that they're literal historical accounts of the Israelites, um, their covenant with God, and their story as a people. And so as we jump in, I kind of wanted to see, take a look at what Scripture says about this issue first. Yeah, let's delve into some scripture. And like the first one that comes to mind, I think when we when we talk about the creation of the world, it's right there in the beginning, Genesis 1-1. In the beginning was the heavens and the earth, and God created them all. Yeah, I mean, that's like the most clear um, 
proof for believers, for people that believe in the Bible as absolute truth, that God created the universe, right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then we can go on even further into Scripture and look at Exodus 31, 16 to 17. It says, The Israelites are to observe the Sabbath, celebrating it for the generations to come as a lasting covenant. It will be a sign between me and the Israelites forever. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. Uh, and then we go, I mean, you can look at First Chronicles 29.11, Psalms 19.1. Isaiah 45, 12, uh, Jeremiah 32, 17, uh, Amos 9, 6. It says, He builds His lofty palace in the heavens and sets its foundation on the earth. He calls the waters of the sea and pours them out over the face of the land. The Lord is His name. And then perhaps one of my favorite scripture references, especially in reference to creation, is Colossians 1, 16. For in Him all things were created, things in heaven, and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Yeah, Hebrews 11.3, that's another one. Um, it says, By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. So we kind of see there that, you know, God created everything out of nothing and it really goes into the previous episodes we've talked about where we saw how God was just all-powerful. Yeah, God is obviously omniscient, omnipotent, uh, as we'll get into the next episode, um, omnibenevolent and all-loving and perfect in goodness. Um, and Scripture is clear that God created the heavens and the earth. God created everything around us, and He created each one of us. Um, so now we get to the main issue of God's Word, because it's clear God's Word says that God created the Bible versus man's Word. Um, so today I wanted to really focus less on man's Word, because we know that simply that uh, there was this big explosion, and over a time of millions or billions of years, uh, we get to where we are today. Um, so I want to focus more on the reality of what we have around us affirming us that God created everything. Yeah, as Christians, you know, we believe that God's word is infallible, that everything that's in it is true. And so taking that at its word, that God created everything, you know, what do we have to talk about today, Todd, for this? Yeah, so first I wanted to hop into Romans chapter 1, 18 and 20. I think it really sets the stage for all of the other ideas we see around us in trying to figure out the creation story. It says this, The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them, God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the, world's, of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. So Paul's making it very clear that everything that we need to know about our God is clear in creation and clear in everything around us that we can see and touch and feel and eat, if you've got a garden back there. Uh, it is man who suppresses the truth by wickedness, namely pride, and we simply do not want it to be true that God created the world because 
if that's true, then it leaves us with a lot of our personal issues to deal with. And ultimately, it leads us with coming down to, are we going to revere God as creator God? And if he is creator God, then his word is true. And if his word is true, then Jesus is Lord and Lord of all. And Jesus is also the way, the truth, and the life. Right? Nobody comes to the Father except through Jesus. So it causes us to put our pride away and really um, embody the humility of Christ and saying Christ is the only way through the blood of Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. So what is clear in our world today that points to a creator God? Uh, because the scientific community simply does not agree with the belief that an almighty God created the world. So I just wanted to present a couple ways in nature that I believe proves the evidence of a creator rather than just happen chance of this big explosion. And so I had this friend, he's a chemist at a large corporation here in Spartanburg. And one day he was telling me about the amazing qualities of water. Um, And because of hydrogen bonding, which is um, a strong bond uh, specifically between hydrogen and oxygen, that's the most strong hydrogen bond, the boiling point of water goes against the trend of the periodic table. So if you were to pull out a periodic table and go from oxygen all the way down in its column, um, you would see with hydrogen 2 and then like H2O, H2S, H2SE, H2TE, um, you're going to see this trend of the boiling point getting hotter, right? Um, H2S starts at negative 60 degrees Celsius. Then you go down one. H2SE, negative 41 and a half degrees Celsius. H2TE, negative 2 degrees Celsius. And the boiling point of water is 100 degrees Celsius. So the human body is 60% water. Trees are about 50% water. And water, obviously, is nearly about 100% water, depending on how much chlorine and stuff you put in it. Um, now per the periodic trend of boiling point, all of our water, trees, bodies, and every living thing should be in a gaseous state at anything higher than negative 77 degrees Fahrenheit. Now, the average temperature in Spartanburg, which is where we are, Corey, is between uh, 31 degrees at its lowest on average and 89 degrees at its highest in average. Now, we, we pushed yeah. those averages a little bit this past week. Um, but without something called hydrogen bonding, which causes the bonds between hydrogen and oxygen molecules to be extremely strong, life would be unable to exist. So just the simplicity of boiling point of water, right? We boil water nearly on a daily basis if you're cooking in your kitchen. Um, the simplicity of that being extremely different than the typical scientific trend allows life to exist on earth, not just for humans, but for all living things. So we get to this question, did that happen by happen chance or did that happen on purpose? And typically in science, trends follow trends, right? Now there's some outliers, but typically trends follow trends. This is one of those big outliers that if it wasn't an outlier, we would just be missed right now. Oh yeah, for sure. And this kind of reminds me of something that I had in a geology class one time in college and the professor was a Christian and you know someone asked him the question one day how can you be a Christian and then follow science and he said well actually science backs up what I believe I think that's um, you know something that we see here that in the outliers you know that didn't happen 
just to, to happen that happened by um, God's power. Sure. Yeah. And I, I think hydrogen bonding, if it was something that evolved, would have been a lot more than just a couple billion years because that's a, a specific bond that needs to take place. Um, so the next, um, we take scripture as believers as unchanging, per- perfect, and sufficient. And there's a few references in scripture that predate scientific um, understandings by hundreds of years, right? So in the book of Jeremiah, written between uh, 650 and 586 B.C., um, it says this, Jeremiah 33, 22, I will make the descendants of David my servant and the Levites who minister before me as countless as the stars in the sky and as measureless as the sand on the seashore. Now, it wasn't until 1925 that Edwin Hubble published his findings about the universe uh, that expanded the known universe by 100,000 times, ultimately leading to what we now know, that the, the uh, universe is constantly expanding. There was a, a lot of thousands of years where we believed this is what we had, and that's it, right? The stars that we could see was everything out there, the moon, the sun, and earth. Now we know uh, like 2,000, 2,500 years later, uh, science is affirming what God already knew, what he set in place, and what Scripture says. Right? And then we look at the book of Job. It was written in about 1600 uh, B.C. Job 26.7 says this, He spread out the north skies over empty space. He suspends the earth over nothing. Now, Aristotle was the first scholar to agree that the earth suspended on nothing, but it was not until 1687 where Sir Isaac Newton, I think everyone probably knows this man, confirmed with his finding that the earth was held above space. That's 3,200 years later of this known fact that Scripture already affirmed that earth wasn't set on you know pillars or wasn't set on something. It was just um, hanging out there in space, which is kind of weird to think about, to be honest, because we're just like this ball, like floating in space. Oh, yeah. But we've got a God creator who is, who is in it and through it and around it and not bound by it. Um, and then the last one here, well, we see Isaiah 40, 22. Um, it is he who sits above the circle of the earth. The Hebrew word quite literally means there, the sphere of the earth. And its inhabitants are like grasshoppers. So in Isaiah, Isaiah is claiming that the earth is spherical. Um, and Eratosthenes, the Greek math- mathematician, proved that the earth was round in the 3rd century B.C. And so Isaiah was written between 740 and 686 B.C., uh, meaning that the, Bi- uh, that the Bible uh, only won by just a couple hundred years yeah. on this one. Right. But affirming... Um, and then we're kind of getting back to the idea, the previous idea of like this flat earth thing, right? Yeah. Scripture says it's a sphere. So I'm going to go with scripture and with like all the technology we have. Yeah. Yeah. It's great to see these scientists backing up scripture. It's almost like we had a book of all the answers forever. Yeah. If we just looked at scripture a little more, we probably would be a lot further along in our scientific um, understandings. So all the truths in Scripture went against the common beliefs of that period of time. Uh, It is not until fairly modern science that we affirm these things written in Scripture. And I believe as time goes on uh, that we'll see more and more scientific evidences to prove what Scripture claims about the creation of the world. But we must remind ourselves 
of what Paul says in Romans chapter 1, that the truth will be suppressed by people. So is the creation story true? Absolutely. Will it ever be fully confirmed? Paul didn't seem to think so, and so I highly doubt it until Jesus comes in the clouds, and then people are going to know. Oh, yeah. But the creation story, yes, 100% true, backed by Scripture and backed by scientific evidence. Yeah, this was a great episode, Todd. I enjoyed talking with you about did God create the universe? And obviously, if we believe Scripture, then we know that to be true. So it's uh, it's great to have gone down this journey and seen that, um, backing it up with Scripture. Yeah, so thank you all so much for listening, for following along. Uh, in a couple of weeks, episode four will be coming out. We'll be approaching the question, is God actually good? Sounds great, Todd. So until then, our podcasters can go to thesignpostpodcast.com for more information and ways to contact us. You can also subscribe there as well on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. So until next time, Todd, we'll see you. See you then.